You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rayner Roberts. We're in the last three days, uh, as I speak, of my Kickstarter for Time of the Cat, which is a brand new uh, cosy time travel novel. I'm not sure if we're going to reach the audiobook, audiobook reward, but you never know. Uh, in the meantime, we have our current serial, which is of Knives and Nightblooms, Chapter 10B, or Part 2, however you want to put it. Through the Whispers Calix awoke to a darkened cabin. Once again, her daughter was nowhere to be seen. More of a concern than last time, as it was clearly night. Where on earth had she gone now? She had to do better about protecting Nimue. When she thought of what might have happened when those green waters at the basilisk rose up and awoke her daughter's magic, it had been a shock. Calix had never considered that Nimue's latent magic was anything to be concerned about. If it was significant, then Nimue would have been whisked off from her at a young age to train as a petal or headhunted by the House of Platinum. It had been a relief when Nimue was designated diplomat and scholar for her education. Now Calix wondered if she should have been paying closer attention. The power she felt emanating from the edifice named the Basilisk had recognised something in Nimue, even as it tore through all of Calix's magical defences. In that moment, it had been all she could do to hold on to her spells. For a moment, she'd truly thought all those threads about to snap, and it would be a disaster now to lose the compulsion bond that held this whole crew and her prisoners in her service. She was paying for all her recent magic. Her back ached badly from the recent attentions of the night surgeons, and the last of the pain relief potion had dissolved into dust when they passed through the eye of the basilisk. This river and its secrets. It was astonishing that every petal of the Imperium had not left their land in droves in order to sail up and down these waters, drinking in every moat of unique and unusual magic. Calix pulled a light teal robe around her and stepped out of her cabin. She could hear what sounded like gentle music nearby. The boat was bobbing gently on the water, untethered, edging forward at a glacial pace. The darkened shapes of trees crowded in from all sides, susurrating with an eerie whisper that slithered inside the ears, filled the head with hissing. Calix could see that now familiar purple glow in the water of the night blooms, bright and flowering against the darkness. As she rounded the deck, she found her people. Nimue sat at the bow, leaning casually against the railing. It was all Calix could do not to run after her, snatch her to safety. 
but her daughter was smiling. She'd been smiling too when she drew that magic from the water and played with it. Valeria sat balancing on the railing itself, with Mardi standing nearby to make sure she didn't actually fall forward into the water. Dio was there too, looking exhausted but very much awake. A few of the younger sailors were clustered in a group, pointing and staring into the water. Icaros stood guard over them all. There was laughter from the river around them, beneath them, the tinkling sounds of otherworldly voices. As Calix reached the edge of the barge, she saw spindly limbs, silvery hair. Creatures of the river divine gambled together in what was either a mock battle or the first act of an operatic orgy. They wore no clothes, of course, these figures of marsh mud and greenery, these living souls of clear and grey waters. Breasts bounced everywhere. Impossibly rippling muscles glowed and flexed. Even their feet were perfectly shaped. The magic of these nymphs tasted happy and rich. When Calix breathed in, she could feel how powerful they were and how little they cared about power. Mardi was singing, her voice rich and deep, a song of salt water meeting fresh, of creatures called naiads and nereids, of hands and hair and water play. It was a pretty song. Nimue looked entranced by it, and by them all. I'm losing her, Calix thought, and wondered where that thought came from. Icarus saw Calix first, and made a few stiff steps in her direction. You can sleep more if you wish, he informed her gravely. I've got this. Calix was not going to fool herself that this man had fully accepted the bond she laid upon him. But it was stronger in him now than when she first sent out her terrified, emergency burst of magic to capture them all. Icarus felt like he was hers. The compulsion had taken him deeper over the last day or so. When she looked at him, all she saw, all she felt from the golden threads of magic tangling them together, was a capable pair of hands. A man to whom she could entrust her daughter's safety. Despite his occasional frustrated glances and his relentless sarcasm. I'll stay up a little longer, Calix said, though she did feel shaky on her feet. I might never see a sight like this again. Icarus nodded abruptly, turning back to the others. The silken hair swept on, slowly through the night. The trees around them continued to whisper, and the naked Nereids and Naiads hurled salt and fresh water at each other in gentle screeches of delight. Truly the River Divine was full of wonders. Calix was beginning to wish this journey would go on forever. There was nothing nearly so marvellous waiting for her when they reached their destination. 
She did not want to trouble her thoughts with plans for Phoenix burning now. There was only the river. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. This podcast was recorded on Palawa land. I acknowledge and pay respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people as the traditional and continuing custodians of Lutrawita, Tasmania. Sheep Might Fly is produced and edited by Andrew Finch. Uh, you can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR. If you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of bonus rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. This month, uh, I have a book release coming, which is book five of the Teacup Magic series Have Spirit, Will Duchess. Uh, coming out on the 15th, wide, across all platforms. I also have the very beautiful, professionally recorded audiobook of the first three Teacup Magic stories. Uh, it'll be released on my website first, and then in a month or two, I'll be putting it out to platforms like Audible and Spotify, I guess, all the places that sell audiobooks. So that's very exciting. Coming soon, read by the amazing Emma Newman whose voice is just extraordinary. So very excited to share that with you all. Uh, and I will see you next week for more Knives and Night Blooms. 